pick up any newspaper, watch cable news channels, surf internet news websites. It's all yesterday's news today. You need tomorrow's news today. You need Trends Vision 2020 now with Gerald Salente. Welcome to Trend Vision 2020, your money and your life. I'm Doug Grunther with the publisher of the Trends Journal and world's leading trend forecaster, Gerald Salenti. On our podcast this evening, ready to dance to the drumbeat of war, ready to join the Bitcoin surge, and a billion reasons to like plant-based burgers. Gerald, let's get rolling what happened in the markets. It's a happy day. Everybody's up from... Asia to Europe to USA, oil's up, gold's up, and Bitcoin's up. What happened? Dow rises more than 100 points, erasing 190-point drop after Trump delays auto tariffs. Huh. Hey, wait a minute. The markets are up in Asia. That's like a day earlier almost, you know. They're not going up because only because of that. It's an adjustment. And I want to make this clear because this is one of my forecasts. The markets are now near their peak. Hmm. I don't see them going much higher after this. They could go a little higher, but it's going to be mostly a downward drift, up and down, having little to do with the so-called trade war. Matter of fact, I just saw some analysis coming out saying that the current new Trump tariffs will hurt the Chinese GDP by the grand total of 0.5%. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we don't see much of that. So also what happened in the United States, equities initially fell after the release of weaker-than-expected economic data. Retail sales fell 0.2%. They expected a 0.2% rise. And overnight data released in China showed industrial production rose by 5.4% in April And that's the slowest pace since May 2008. Oil. Oil's up a little bit because of the destabilization basically going on in the Gulf. We just saw the uh, stockpiles in the United States rise by 5.4 million barrels. But they're concerned about what's going on in the Middle East. And by the way, it was very important. The International Energy Agency revised its forecast for 2019 growth in global oil demand, 90,000 barrels a day lower from 1.3 million barrels per day, meaning that they're looking for a slowdown. And so too is the Atlanta Fed in the U.S. They just lowered the expectations for GDP growth now in the next quarter at only 1.1%. So what does that mean? You know what we've been saying, lower interest rates. Hmm. That's right. And remember, CNBC did a study, just came out. They said only 2% of the CFOs, chief financial officers, expected interest rates to decline we believe they're going to decline quite substantially. Stronger home sales boost confidence in May. One of the reasons why the confidence being boosted, you go back to December. Remember those Southern California home sales and <clears throat> around the country going down. Why? Because 30-year mortgage is almost at 5%. Now it's around 4%. Mm, and deal. I'm saying it's going to go below 4 
very shortly. Good for the housing market. Yep. Australia's central bank slashes growth forecast. So that's what you're seeing going on. It's a slowdown. India's credit squeeze puts car market into reverse. One after another, the slowdown is here. It's coming, and they're going to do everything they can to reverse it. All right. Now, we've been talking about Bitcoins, and a headline today from the Wall Street Journal, Bitcoin surges above $8,000. A bit of a surprise? Well, our, our forecaster, who goes by charts, got it wrong, uh, Jonathan Chow, or Chow, excuse me. And, um, you know, I get things wrong, too, from time to time. Everybody does. But it looks like this is going to be long-term. What are the reasons for it going up? Well, one of the ones, I, in China, as I mentioned, things are slowing down there. And their yuan, their currency is going down. So people are looking for an escape out of it, looking for a safe haven asset. Here, this is from today's Wall Street Journal. Investors point to increasing institutional support. For example, Facebook Inc. is building a cryptocurrency-based payment system hmm. on the back of its social network. It goes on. The company also said last week that it was easing restrictions on cryptocurrency and blockchain-related ads. They had restricted it for a while. Now, here's the big one also. Meanwhile, a new project backed by the owner of the New York Stock Exchange called BACKT, B-A-K-K-T, said on Monday it would start testing Bitcoin futures this summer. Wow. So Bitcoin is up about 50% in oh, May. By the way, Amazon and Microsoft are also talking about accepting them soon, too. This is a big deal. Yeah. But, you know, I want to make one point on this. With the trading, with the futures, that could drive prices down because you, get, you, you could short futures. And when you get enough money behind it to short them, you could really crash markets. So that's okay. something to be concerned about. Now, the big geopolitical news today is that the U.S., uh, has ordered the pullout of employees from the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. Germany and the Netherlands have suspended their military missions in Iraq due to regional tensions. The drumbeat of war gets louder and louder. And again, this isn't new to Trends Journal subscribers. Remember to subscribe to the Trends Journal. You go to trendsjournal.com and also listeners to Trend Vision 2020. We've been covering this extensively. And if you go back last week, you remember Mike uh, Pompeo, Pompeo, our Secretary of State, cut short one of his visits and was supposed to meet with uh, Chancellor Merkel in Germany, and he went to Iraq. And they were coming out with this information that Iran was ready to attack American troops in Iraq. Or their other people tied to Iran would do it, and they're warning. So he, now you can see it being set up for war. They, again, they had no, no information to substantiate this at all, no facts, and it's, I believe it's going to be another false flag attack. Well, to bolster that, what you just said, as the Trump administration draws up war plans in Iran, of course, they're trying, as they did with Iraq, to get Europeans and other allies on board. Isn't working so far. In fact, uh, a senior military official at the Pentagon said he saw no increased risk from Iran or allied militias in Iraq or Syria. And within a few hours, that was rebuked by the United States Central Command. So, yeah, again, 
and they're not showing any evidence at all, just like there was no evidence of who sabotaged those ships in the Persian Gulf that were carrying oil and the other ones from Norway. And there's also talk, of course, that the United States may send 120,000 troops there. Uh, President Trump said that if war broke out over there, we'd send a hell of a lot more than 120,000 troops, and he threatened great suffering from Iran, for Iran. Well, a lot of people are going to suffer, not just Iran. Uh, Pompeo and Lavrov argue over Iran and crisis in Venezuela. Lavrov is uh, uh, Pompeo's counterpoint, counterpart in, uh, in Russia. That's right. And according to reports, this is what Pompeo said. He said that, um, <laughs> that the U.S. would continue, quote, to apply pressure on Iran and demanded also that Moscow cease its support for Venezuela's leader, Nicolas Maduro, on Venezuela. We have a disagreement. The time has come for Nicolas Maduro to go. He has brought nothing but misery to the Venezuelan people. Unlike America, who brought nothing but misery with their economic sanctions to Venezuela. Oh, and bringing misery? Hey, Pompeo, you remember Libya? Maybe you forgot about Iraq. Hey, Pompeo, how about the misery created by the United States in Afghanistan? How about the bombs away all throughout Sudan and Somalia, the misery that America's been raining on innocent people, killing millions and stealing our trillions to do it. I guess you have attention deficit disorder <laughs> because he goes on. You ready for this? <laughs> he is, and we are hopeful that Russia supports Maduro's end. This guy does not stop. I made it clear that the United States will continue to apply pressure on regime change in Tehran until its leadership is prepared to return to the ranks of responsible nations. This guy is out of his mind. Hey, how come you're not censoring this crap on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and the media. This man is mentally deranged by making these statements that, that the ranks of responsible nations when the United States has been nothing but irresponsible in its wars. Well, you have been stating uh, on our podcast and in the Trends Journal for a long time that the business of America is war, but the business of China is business. And here's a story to bolster that because you might not read about this coming out of the same Middle East, but it's an important story. It's called A Bridge to China, Kuwait's Silk City. Uh, Kuwait just unveiled a $30 billion bridge that connects its main city to the mainland and is part of this huge investment uh, by China to create a Silk Road throughout uh, Europe, the Middle East, into Africa. So while we're, you know, banging the drums of war, China's doing big business. Well, you know what I keep saying? The business of America is war. The business of China is business. And the Belt and Road Initiative is not only going, it's also going to South South America. Mm. So they're going worldwide with this. You know, I want to make one other point over here, by the way, on, on this Pompeo, what he said. 
you know, with the deployment of 120,000 troops. He said the U.S. has made clear that the Iranians, that if America's interests are attacked, we will most certainly respond in an appropriate fashion because they're also talking this thing up about what happened with those drone strikes that the Houthis have hit the Saudi pipelines a few days ago. And they're also blaming Iran for that, even though Iran says they have nothing to do with that. So going back to the Middle East, you can see where all this is going, and it's going toward war. All right, we have a story about the ex-CEO of Google who says, quote, censored search engines that Google's creating for China will help China be more open. Yep. Is that um, Eric Schmidt? Yes. I think I spelt it wrong. I think he spelled <laughs> the M-I out of it. The C you know, he was, by the way, this Eric Schmidt, he, met, he was with the, with the Clinton people. Nobody talks about that. Uh -huh. Google was doing all the algorithms and everything they could for, for Clinton's administration. Uh, her, uh, excuse me, her, her run for the White one. House. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was going to Brooklyn where their headquarters were. So this is, you know, just more censorship. What are they saying? Well, the, uh, a lot of, when they, they try to keep it quiet that they were building this censored search engine for China. When word got out, Google employees started protesting, and uh, he said it's no big deal. Yeah, it, because it, of course it's not, because after all, look at the business we're doing with China. And we love those communist countries. Oh, and by the way, Facebook moves to police content in its live service. So in other words, it's the global gag order, and it's in place, and it's going to only get worse. Again, you could have the lies coming out by the establishment, but when you question them, you're a conspiracy theorist and you're anti-establishment, how dare you? <laughs> well, here's another struggle that's making headlines. 62% of millennials live paycheck to paycheck and just 38% feel financially stable, according to a new survey. It doesn't surprise us. No, because what was yesterday is one-third of middle class can't afford $400 surprise expense, and that was according to the, the Federal Reserve. Here, but what are they, 62%? Yep. Okay, overall, 59% of Americans report living to paycheck to paycheck. 38% of millennials were the least likely to feel financially stable, followed by Generation X, 40%, genera and uh, baby boomers, 47%. So all the doughs go into the 1%, and it's only going to get worse for the millennials because of the monopolies put in place and one after another. You know, one of the things I didn't mention, uh, Disney just bought um, that Hulu. What's the name oh, of that's it? A, that's a big media uh, yeah. content Yeah, company. and I got to get the number over here. It's um, Disney Seals deal for Hulu Control, $27 billion. I'm mentioning this because it's one big monopoly. All we are are workers in Slavelandia. Again, when I was a kid, they had things called stationery stores, drug stores, uh, hardware stores, and now we have CVSs, we have uh, Lowe's and Home Depot, and rather than, and Staples, I forgot yeah. about that. So, so no, we so don't have locally owned businesses and, and, well. and the big ones, are, the, the conglomerates are getting bigger. So I put, I'm saying this because it all ties back in 
why millennials and others aren't making money. Because they control everything and you, you cannot become an entrepreneur as easily as it used to be. And that's why you're seeing the entrepreneur field shrinking. And capitalism has turned into corporatism. You got it. It's a very different system. Yep. It's not capitalism. Nope. Corporations, uh, a monopoly of corporations control the government, which is what we have. Yep. Now, you know, millennials and Americans may not have a lot of uh, free spending money, but you know what? They do have enough money to buy a lot of sugary drinks. So Philadelphia has done something about it. Sugary drink sales in Philadelphia have dropped 38% because the city adopted a soda tax. You know... I, I question those numbers. I, I believe they did go down, but people, you know, they, they go out and buy the stuff in other places. And, and who's the government to tell you what to do? And they, they tax things, too, so they could get more money. I mean, isn't it up to the individual to decide whether or not they're, they're going to uh, drink this garbage or not? 38%, you know, uh, were they 1.5 cents per ounce? So they say that discourages people. But, you know, there's another thing. You know, these uh, food stamps that we give out, mm -hmm. you know where a lot of that money goes to? Sugary drinks. Yeah, 10% of it. And junk food. And then when you say to the government, why are you doing this? How come you're not making it, you know, that they should buy just foods that are healthy? Well, we don't want to hurt the people's feelings. It goes back to corporatism. You have the big organizations telling the government what to do, and it's the soda industry and others saying, let them buy junk. Let them eat crap. All right. Well, we have some good news on the food front because crowned by Burger King, meat replacement company Impossible Foods just raised $300 million. And if that's not impressive enough, its competitor Beyond Meat, which is another plant-based burger company, in early trading on NASDAQ reached a valuation of over $3 billion. Plant-based burgers are profitable. They are. And that Impossible Burger by Burger King, mm -hmm. you know what they're finding out? The people that go there regularly still eat, you know, what the the regular meat stuff. They're attracting new people in, right? And that's the important part of it. So yes, this is going to be a sector, but it's going to be a small one, but still sizable and considerable, sizable and profitable. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for tonight. Do join us tomorrow, but let's not leave without reminding you we like your questions and comments. And you get those to us by going to TrendVision2020 at TrendsResearch.com. I'll repeat that, TrendVision2020 at TrendsResearch.com. And if you want to read history before it happens, subscribe to the Trends Journal at TrendsJournal.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.